0: This is Cox, he can go on the non-preferred, 200 centimetres, you can't do that. Got the Perkins, threw a bit of traffic, oh. the right foot, that is just class. It bounces the way of Jones! This is extraordinary! Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk everything Essendon footy
1: club. My name is Grant and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Uh, good to be back. There. Uh, yeah, let's talk Anzac Day, eh? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is becoming
0: a bit of a habit just starting the podcast with,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, okay. uh. T- oh. I'll I'll be frank. There's so many narratives going in my head. I I like to have the idea that I have. I've thought about it. I've settled with how I think about the game. Yep. I'm just not there. So even about where we are as a club, uh, it's why I actually uh, rang up Ronnie Loner and said, "I don't know if I can talk about this again. I need I need a third person. You tell me what you do. Yeah. So. I'll tell you the narrative's going through my head anyway. To And uh, then you can tell me what you want. Go nuts. So you have different narratives. There's the, there's the where we were last week narrative to how we performed on Anzac Day, which was a lot, lot better. better. A lot better. Yes. Um, and, you know, there were pluses on clearances and contested footy and yep. things we wanted to see. Um, 44 possessions and all that good stuff. There's still the familiar turnovers. It's Fifty, I think they scored fifty-six points on turnovers. So there's are still, <laughs> yeah, still, okay. they still areas. Yeah. Trust me. Um, so I think after the game, I was considering. I can't stand Collingwood and Anzac Day. I was, yeah. <laughs> I was surprisingly fairly calm, even though I hated it. You know. So if that makes sense, I was, I was calm. Going, I watched a good game of footy. There was, there was, a, you know, I saw. M- I saw Parrish and I saw I saw some guys who yep. – there was a blowtorch on Draper for sure. Who performed. Yeah, so there was things I go, okay, there was a bit of a a meeting. We all know there was a meeting midweek. Um, there was a definite response. I felt like for four quarters there was an effort and probably the most effort we've had for four quarters. So here's me after Anzac Day going, you know what, you know, it's a step forward and then – Still though, yeah, anyway, yeah. And this is maybe where you're – do you know what? And then I started to hear trucks presser and then I hear um, a couple of players talk post-game and I don't know why it felt a little bit – not self-congratulations that they turned a corner, but (laughs) it was a little bit – I don't know why. It just got – Self-congratulatory. Yeah, it was almost like – well done, boys. Yeah. Checked all the
0: boxes. It's
1: a good game of footy today. We took, well, yeah. Done. we're much better today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was, then the fan and me went, uh, actually, no, we lost to Collingwood. To Collingwood on the exact date again. Uh, and they're probably ranked around about 10th or 11th, if we're all being honest. Yeah. I know, I know they might be in the eight at the moment. I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, let, let me just check. So, yeah. So they're sitting eighth at the moment. I don't, it feels like to me they're around about a 10th team. Yeah. Um, who you want to beat around that mark, especially against another young side. So then I then I was like, the, you know, there's this ruthless part of me. I was like, actually, I don't want us to settle for that. Like, because yeah. you still, you know, the the concerns were Stringer and Merritt and Stringer's kicked three and Merritt's had 36 disposals, yeah. which didn't become a major as concern. Um, so you actually had a decent team out there. And you've lost to Collingwood. And yeah. I, I just like, don't get too oh no, no too, I'm, too settled with I'm right there we've with turned you. a corner, guys, because we are one on five and you actually did lose the game. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think I turned <laughs> almost today. I was like, I, and I don't know if it's a reflection of the year, but I was like, well, the, you know, the, it was closest to the season being over as you possibly it's could. It's over, yeah. Um, and, you know, I want us, you know, for me to be more comfortable. I need to see a month of that pressure at least, or that, yeah. and and but then the game plan improving, um, and us seeing being a more competent side and and handling turnovers better and not having crisp run hundred and fifty meters up the field know, uh, unattended. Uh, so I I still want us to improve and, you know, I I want the captain to. Not allow his opponent, who's basically a rookie, to be win the Anzac Day medal, yeah. um, and so there's things like that. And I go, well, there's still s- massive levels of improvement. Yep, they took a step, but boy, I don't want anyone to feel com- uh, no. comfortable. No, 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 no. Uh, that that's that's something that we settle as a side. The club, I want the club, th- it to be very much on. We don't settle for that. But the thing is, mate, the, the –
0: I'm <clears throat> sorry. The we don't settle for that thing has never come out of the club. It's never been said. Like, it's never been said forcefully by anybody. It's – we know the kind of interior – well, I think we know the the kind of interior discussions they're having. And that's softly, softly. This is, this is the modern AFL football way, man. It's not – that meant nothing. We got beat again on Anzac Day. You're never going to hear that come out of a modern day footballer's mouth, especially at Essendon. No. Yeah, yeah. So we we just have to put up with. Unfortunately, we have to put up with Dyson and Truck and everybody coming out saying, "Yeah, we hit our uh, we hit our KPIs today, and we we improved in certain areas." Um, Scott and I are aligned, not surprisingly, again. But I I looked at it and went. No, please don't say that you were good in any way, because Scott's right. We lost, right? Even with forty-four and thirty-six, and and Draper actually playing proper football, JG kicking three, and all of that, we we had close enough to our best side in there without oh. Langford
1: and that, and we still allowed Jeremy Howe to have Christmases all at once. Yeah, again, another half back, um, another spare defender in the back line. That we had no plan. And
0: the best spare defender, like yeah. the guy that
1: takes the marks as a spare defender, we had no answer for it. And then you know, what did we say last week when they, we said they double team right, and we had no answer for yeah. it. And some at some point, you know, if I'm being very honest, at some point trucks kind of start showing me he has an answer for it.
0: That's where that's where my head is at at the moment. Is that I, I've been they're not listening to the coach. They're not listening to the coach. Nobody, nobody coaches an AFL team to put the performance in that they did last week, right? No no, or, or against Geelong. It's just not how those professional coaches coach, right? But the thing I keep seeing every, every week, and, and, and it is glaringly obvious, is that we have one road inside 50, and it's through Peter Wright. Now, if you can't fix something as simple as a spare man, what, what's going on? Like, seriously, man. Like, please tell me you've got an, uh, another idea other than just dump it on Peter Wright's head. Now, I understand he's very good and he's he's becoming a much better footballer and the like, but there are five other blokes in that forward line. Now, track may come out and said, we did. Yeah, we had Waterman. Waterman isolated. We had um, uh, Stringer isolated. But we went too many times and too obviously to write. Every single time. Like, Not every single. Too many times we went to write. We... I don't want anybody saying that that was we played well in that game because we got beat. We had forty odd touches and thirty one handballs, and it's the forty touches, man, aren't as effective as twenty six touches and two goals out of Darcy Parish. I would rather twenty six touches and two goals than forty four possessions. He's a freak. He's he's it's incredible, man. And, and it's forty four times it wasn't in the hands of the opposition. I understand that, right? But. Just these 44 possessions are incredible and they're very, very good. But I hate to say this, man, but it's got a whiff of the Tom Mitchells about it, meaning 44 possessions are great but 31 of them actually were effective that that really sort of yeah, moved a, the ball forward for us. It's
1: an interesting debate. I had this debate with a, someone who had a similar position as yours and I kind of half agreed and half didn't. Um, and the reason the, the other half I didn't um, – this is obviously he's had 12 clearances, right? So I get some handballs, just handballs, but those handballs actually released us as well on a lot of occasions where we actually did get some drive and he was kind of the the Oliver, kind of, you know, yeah. the, the handball out. Um, and then you, towards the end of the game when he got injured um, and then they, they had this horrible moment and Josh Marnie said after the game, he admitted it, that, you know, they just had Merrick go to the bench and then Parrish got injured, but Merritt was blowing. Um, so you had Parrish and Merritt both on the bench. Mm. So they moved Hobbs into the midfield. And then Penelbury and and those guys just took over the game. Mm. So And it was like a 10, 15 minute yep. of just Collingwood... Um, and I think I betcha that Pendlebury
0: would have noticed it too.
1: He would have been yeah. smart
0: enough to see there's no merit, there's no parish here and they got Hobbs in the middle. Right, I'm inserting myself into the middle to influence this.
1: Yeah, and they just got clearance after clearance and then they suddenly shot to a 17-point lead. And, yeah. and uh, so it was, I mean, Josh Money even said, look, to be honest, that was a crucial moment in the game that we didn't get right. Um, fair enough. Um, and that's, you know... An injury is unlucky. You can't. Yeah. You, we don't have a, a. And much, much as we want Cole Ward to be Parish ready, he's not. He's not Parish at the moment. And Parish had a dominant effect at centre bounces mm. and. Um, and That's that freakishly
0: good at getting the ball, man.
1: Yeah, he was just getting his hands on the ball first, which, which got us going. So, I, I kind of argue with him as like I get what you're saying that Parish actually didn't have many meters gained. You mm. would say. But he still did a lot to get our hands on the footy first and drive attacks, even though he might not have let it. Um, and the significance of him played out in front of our eyes for 15 minutes mm. when he was suddenly couldn't yeah, get on the ground. Point. that's uh, a good point. So I thought his game was fantastic. I um, Can he use his, the ball by foot better? No doubt, no doubt. It's, yeah. it's, it's something that he's still got to get going in yeah. his game. Um, but look... His attitude was spot on. Like, it was like, I think that's his, uh, I've never, he was trying his absolute guts out. I mean, you yeah, had Dane, Dane Swan tweeting, like, like this is like, this guy's going on the job. Oh, really? Yeah, this guy's like, who cares if he can't run the other way yeah. when you get the ball 60 times, you know. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, he was that, you know, even, um, and, you know, the Collingwood coach, sorry, I temporarily forgot his name, um, the Oaks Brisbane guy. Um, uh, McRae. McCrae. Even he said, you know, he was talking to this assistant like, so uh, is anyone doing anything? How the
0: hell do we actually deal with this bloke?
1: <laughs> yeah, because he was in the second quarter. Because in the second quarter, Parish actually did get a hold of the game and we yeah. were, were really going well. And, and McRae admitted that, you know, they were working out what the hell we're going to do with him. Like yeah. um, Now, they limited him to 14 possessions in the second half. So they, yeah. they actually did help, that did help out. No, he got injured for 10, 15 minutes. But, but look, so there's a whole lot of... Again, getting back to, there's a whole lot of narratives. So, it's like this. Yeah, we play better, but I don't want anyone to be settled. I think that's just my general no, theme of, of like we're one and five and sixteenth on the ladder. When I heard the when I heard the
0: boys go, oh, uh, we, we we turned up today, and I saw an interview with Sam Durham, and he goes, oh, I was really pleasing to put in four quarters worth of effort to this week, and I go. Seriously, Sam, that's your highlight for the from the game that you put in four quarters. That's we're, we're coming from such a low and yeah, a yeah. long way back, man. It,
1: it does. I, I, you know what, you, you said it. I think underneath that's how I felt. Like, oh, yeah. the bar can't be that low where effort is congratulated. You're exactly because, right.
0: Yeah, cause four quarters of effort is congratulated.
1: No offense, the top eight teams or well, the top four teams would laugh at you. Like you see, watch Melbourne, they're manic. They're absolutely manic. Yeah, no, and, in- and it's just every week. Now do we have an inex- inexperienced side? Yeah, we do. So I get I guess I get it's gonna fluctuate. It is. This, this, mm-hmm. And you see that. You see you see the Coxes and Perkins run, going up and you down. You can run all them. four
0: quarters. I mean it doesn't matter if you're chasing rear ends. Like yeah. if you're chasing bums and you can't get your hand on the ball, then that's fine. But the the effort part, you should be able to see it for four quarters. You're either running out in front and getting the ball a lot, or you're chasing rear ends. If it either one, the effort piece is there, and I when when Sammy said, Oh, we really turned up for four quarters. I just went, Oh, jeez, man, it's not. Oh, it was really pleasing the way our structures worked from half back and that we eliminated those issues that we had with turnovers. No, 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 it was that we turned up with four quarters.
1: So, look, well, yeah, I mean, that they, they've still got, I mean, that half forward line of ours is killing us, so it's and it's killing us in so many fronts. One, they can't mark, yeah, um, and you know. We're not going to put him out in the cold, but let's just face it, Kane Baldwin struggled. And there's some players I'm going to mention like Hobbs and Kane Baldwin that they may have struggled, but in the same sense, I'm not concerned. That's the start of their career. They've missed a lot of footy. Fine. Um, But that half forward line not being able to mark, but then also, you know, tackles inside 50 being 10 to 3, Colin Colin Collingwood's way. And then, then they have a spare man back. And McRae just set up that. It wasn't just a spare man back. That would that would propel attacks from our their, their half back yeah. for Collingwood to score. And it happened so many times. And it's something we as a club have got to get our head around That's very fast. That's the one fast. thing
0: that I want Truck to do. It's the one the one thing that I now start to look at Truck and go, hey, you, you've got to be better than, than allowing. It's the most simple thing in footy, man, dropping an extra player back down there.
1: Yeah, that, you've got to be better yeah, than that. look the only defense he may have and this is uh, I'm sorry but obviously Francis was out um I believe with protocols um this week is outside of Kane Baldwin because Harry Jones was injured um he actually didn't have personnel so I think the I think the only but thing there's five dudes out
0: there man there's five more
1: dudes including Kane oh Baldwin. yeah I get that but they're, they're mid size. that's what I'm saying they're, okay they're, but kick it all yeah
0: I I would rather I would rather see the head up go actually you know what not righty this time, I'm going to kick it to a one-on-one with Perko or or something like that. Just kick it to a one-on-one, even if they're not primary positioned – at least don't allow Jeremy Howe to just yeah. stand on people's heads. When you see how close enough to right going, go and kick it to him, kick it to him, I dare you to kick it to him, right? Then do something else and go to one of the other five blokes that are in our forward line. Don't care if it's not the best option. I don't care if Perkins gets beaten because he's not strong enough or whatever the hell it is, but at least you don't do the thing that they're expecting every single time yeah. and that they employed Howe to do. Come across, take marks and slingshot out. Just kick it to somebody else. Yeah, yep. that would
1: be great. So look, enough of our enough of our <laughs> talk. Ranty. Let's get let's get uh, good old Ronnie Lerner. Obviously a well known journalist on many fronts. You can see him in the Age and the Old Sun and all sorts of um, uh, articles, uh, footy, footyology. Uh, well known, he's an excellent man. So uh, he'll give us the, and he's very blunt and very honest. So it he'll is. definitely give us a good take. Uh, I'll be very – I haven't spoken to him in, in almost a month or so, so I'll be really interested to see where he's at with the Essendon Football Club himself.
0: I'm, I'm calling Brace Yourself.
1: I'm yeah, I've got this funny feeling. He's going to have a very blunt yeah, assessment.
0: Yeah. Now, also too, Scotty, just wanted to let everybody know on the podcast that um, I'm on the buttons tonight. Yes. I'm, the, I'm on the road cast of 5,000 because I'm going to be doing some shows by myself. Uh, while Scotty's um, uh, saying buller to everybody in uh, in Fiji um, so I'm on the buttons tonight if this goes really badly I apologize to everybody but let's go to a break Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, every now and then we like to get um, somebody who really actually knows what he's talking about when it comes to AFL football on the show. Um, and joining us tonight is uh, Sports journo, uh Mr. Ronnie Lerner. G'day, Ronnie. How you doing?
1: Good, boys. How are
0: we? Very well, thanks, mate.
1: How you going, Ronnie? Uh, look, we just had a discussion, I guess, on Essendon and... Uh, you know, <laughs> last week we did a, what I call the rant e- episode after that Fremantle debacle. Uh, yeah. This week was a little bit more calmer, but I guess I haven't caught up with you for quite some time and had a chat with you. So I, I guess I wanted to get your thoughts on kind of how the seasons progress. Uh, is there some part of you that goes, I thought this might happen, or is there a is genuine kind of disappointment? H- how are you viewing Essendon 2022?
2: Well, I've got to say, I didn't, um, pick Essendon to make the finals this year. I'll put that on the, uh, on the tail straight away. I thought Essendon would finish maybe 10th or 11th this year. Um, okay. just from the fact that, um, I thought, uh, the club definitely, um, I don't know if overachieves is the right word, but they, they like surprised everyone last year. I think, I don't think anyone had them piercing above the, the bottom four last year and to make the finals was just an extraordinary achievement, I thought. And I thought that uh, it probably wasn't going to be, um, you know, they're going to get a harder draw, which they did, I mean, the first three rounds. Playing, playing, you know, teams are probably going to be top four teams this year, you know, Geelong, Brisbane and Melbourne. Um, uh, so they got smacked at the start of the year. And, and yeah, I just thought they would probably take a step backwards this year. And I, I always thought that 2023 was probably going to be the year where all these sort of um, promising youngsters were uh, combined with those sort of, you know, mid-20 type, mid-20-year-old uh, players would start really... Joining um, together and coming together. You know, another sort of 22 games together, another pre-season under their belts. And I thought, yeah, sort of, in my opinion, next year was when Essendon was going to sort of um, be a bit more of a, a bona fide final contender. That was the way I thought. Uh, having said that, um, yeah, as you mentioned, the pre performances performance was, doesn't matter where, what stage of development you're in, that was pretty disgraceful. Um, and, uh, yeah, and they did, uh, they, they did, um, sort of fight back pretty well against Collingwood yesterday, but and having said all I said, I would have thought you know, looking at the first six games of the year, you'd probably think Essendon were going to be ABC three and three, and they're one and five. So by that measure, yeah, it's been a disappointing start to the year for for the Bombers for sure.
1: With the uh, it's interesting the the narrative uh, because you're not the must admit we've had a few guests on the show right and. And it's actually been quite a common theme where a lot of people said, oh, no, I actually tipped Eston to finish around 10th. Um, well, why mm. was that, Rodney? Like, I, I'm,
0: I'm interested to hear that because I thought from last year's performances and making the finals and stuff that Truck had come in and he'd, he'd set a good plan and the, the boys had, uh, had um, bought into it and stuff. Why, why wouldn't we go from that finals, even though we got bumped out, the finals appearance strength to strength to strength? Why wouldn't we go better this year?
2: I just personally thought that. Um, well, firstly, um, you know, progress isn't always linear. Like it doesn't you know. Yeah, it's a good um, point. Yeah, you know, it doesn't. You don't have to finish seventh or sixth to you know mean that you you're going to be you know progressing in a sense. Like you know you know you just have to look at you know past examples. Melbourne made a prelim in twenty eighteen. They stunk it up. For a couple of years, and won the flag in 2021. Yeah, I so you know, it doesn't always sort of work that way, in my opinion. And I, I just had a feeling. I, I, I know. I just thought there were so many, so many fresh plays. I will tell you what, it was. I actually have a. a now that I think about, it, so many players last year were played almost career best football. And you know, like Nick Hine, Mason Redman, yeah, all these yeah. guys, Laverne. and these. And these La Verde, uh, you know Zach Merritt, Darcy Parish, you know all these guys. Even Jake Stringer probably have to say, even though he wasn't all Australian, yep. which I uh, thought he was pretty unlike. I think he's arguably career best as well. You had, you know, you had Perkins Cox just hitting the ground running. It was just a lot was going. on. I just, I just thought it was going to be hard to maintain that level. Go again. I thought there was going to be a letdown. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I just thought, um. Like, like I said I thought they, they did arrive a little earlier than than they probably yep. um were anticipated so it was a really nice bonus to make the final last year. It was well deserved it was a great achievement um and it was it, 11
1: and it's, can, let's be honest it was 11 wins so you have to that's fa- right. you have to factor yeah. that 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 normally doesn't get you anywhere near the top eight but for some reason yeah. it did for us um that's
2: right that's a good point as well so
1: so yeah, I just thought
2: uh, it was just a, and and you mix all that in just with the gut feel. I mean, you, you watch enough footy over over enough years, you can sort of get a bit of a sense that, um, you know, you've seen these sort of things happen before, and yeah, like uh, like I said earlier, they should they should be very disappointed being one in five because they should have penciled in Adelaide, Fremantle, and Collingwood before the start of the year as wins, yeah. and they've only won one. Of them. So don't get me wrong, it's still disappointing the way it started, but uh, yeah, with uh, uh, more broadly, I just. Yeah, I just thought the dons they're going to take a step back this year and go full ball probably next year. That's, that's just how I felt. That's just how I
1: thought, it. Yeah. Okay. I'll be interested to hear. This is my thoughts, running. I get, I get, I see what you think of them. I, I was talking about this midweek, uh, and there was, I was was around the McGrath interview with Lloydy, uh, and and talking about the the midweek game review that that truck obviously had some very very strong words, um, kind of talking to some guys that if certain things aren't met, then you'll anyone can be dropped. Um, so of that obviously came out of the Fremantle game. And I was talking to a, a friend of mine saying this is probably the most important time in Trucks' coaching career uh, because he's got a very inexperienced young group. He, you know, he's had the glowing first year like we're seeing Sam Mitchell have and, <laughs> and mm-hmm. we're seeing Bossy have at Carlton in some ways. Um, so that you always get that little bump. Uh, but then what's happening now is truck needing to set the on-field culture. Um, they probably did a lot last year of the off-field, you know, the, the history of the club and, and, yeah. and embracing Windy Hill again and all that sort of things that was all good. It felt like this year now truck's got um, – a mandate, I guess, to to change the whole way Essendon is built up as a team, as a possible finals deep finals team, and and I was it was just interesting that the McGrath language coming from that, saying that that was the most animated he'd actually seen truck or actually seen anyone at the since his time at Essendon, um, that was really strong on the on the senior guys. Um, and I just thought this is, this is actually Trucks' most important moment right now because it, this is where you implement the standards you want in this young group. And, and I mentioned last week, by the way, that the way the midfield, senior midfield guys were, you know, not doing just basic AFL things. I mentioned that, you know, my concern was that Hobbs, you're seeing Hobbs doing a debut and seeing certain midfielders that might be mentors you know, um, passing on standards that should not be acceptable. Um, So that's how I'm seeing where the club's at. It may be a necessary hardship that we're going through, like Melbourne did with Goodwin in 2019, that has to right the ship right now and to then grow in the 2023-24.
2: Yeah, no, um, good observation. And I think um, it was, uh, pretty well received as well. Like, i, I don't know if you heard um, post game yesterday, Zach Merritt spoke to 3AW, and it sounded like he, the, the vibe, what he, the way he was talking um, to the 3AW, is that he actually liked the the firstly the, the chat Matthew Lloyd's chat with McGrath. It sounded like he like he, he it sounds like the, those senior guys, especially a guy like Merritt who's signed real long, he's committed his long time Yeah, yeah, he wants. Yeah, success yeah. they they're, they're sick and tired of being called. You know, young, developing, all that sort of thing. They're they're sick and tired. I think that they just want success um, as quickly as possible now. Uh, yeah, so I think they're they're pretty. There are a stage in their development where they just no, nah, we, we you know we 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 don't want to sit back and you know watch these other teams sort of fly by us every year. Um, and we just and we just keep um having that label on us. No, that's not what they want. Um, and and yeah, and as you say, I mean, Rudden, you know, he's um. You know, rightfully so. After that Fremantle performance, I mean, was it they like, leaked ten goals in a row at Marvel? Ended up being Fremantle's biggest ever win against Essendon in Melbourne. So you know, he can. Yeah, he had every right to be like that, and he he hasn't been afraid to make the big calls. I mean, Devin Smith now is struggling to get a game, and in my opinion, rightfully so. I I didn't have him in Essendon's best twenty-three heading into the season. I just thought, you know, too many too many times does he um for a senior guy. He just shows such bad discipline on the field. Waits for me, and gives away, way for me free kicks, waits for me 50 a penalties, and doesn't do enough the other way to make up for it. So, yeah, um, mm. I think that's that's been a good call from um, Ben and Nick yeah, Hine. Nick Hine? got yeah. yeah, that's right. Nick Hine got dropped on the weekend and rightfully so as well. He's had a really poor cool start to the year uh, after what an amazing year he had last year. So, no, I, I think um, that, you know, <laughs> in the public eye, you get the sort of, you know, calm and, you know, pretty pretty docile Ben Rutten. We don't really see him in the public eye or lose his school too often. But, no, it definitely sounds like behind closed doors. He, um, he lets his players know about. So I think that's all you can sort of ask for.
0: Yeah, I think Andy McGrath said it as part of his interview with Lloydy. He said that um, Ben, and he, you could see he sort of he hesitated before he said it. He said, oh, he hit a few of us between the eyes, a um, few of the senior <laughs> boys between the eyes. And I don't know that... I don't know that truck and or even the modern day footballer will will accept um fingers in chests anymore bowed up against a wall or something like that. i don't <laughs> I don't know that that happens anymore but I am glad and I appreciate that modern footballers are different to eighties and 90s, 70s and all that sort of stuff but i I am glad that he he sound it sounds like he rose to the occasion and instilled the level of uh what's the word the level of of urgency in the matter, um, and that he he nailed the the senior guys as well because that's the that's the really the thing that's been really disappointing for me this year. And the reason why I asked that question is about why why have we why couldn't we sort of go from strength to strength? And I don't mean finish eighth and then finish sixth and then finish on the top of the ladder, but I'm just why. Last year, can we be moving the ball so well? And Nick Hind look like this, Nick Hind, um, Nick Cox look like the player that we think he's going to be. Perko takes some leaps, um, String and all that sort of stuff. Why go from there to literally the depths of performance? Players walking around on the football field and just not putting in. So that, that the, the difference between where we were last year and where we are this year is just extreme, and it, and it confuses. It's confused me since the day I started. But I guess to, to ask you a question, how do you reckon Truck is going coaching-wise? Now, he's we know what he did at Richmond. We know he brought in Cara and, um, and Gia, and those, he's got a good um, coaching crew in, in there. But I've, I've not actually given Truck any sort of negative um, votes with regards to his coaching up until now. But surely there has to be something done about a spare man put in front – of of righty every single week he just righty's our only option and they put a spare man in front of him and it just creates a contest and we can't get hold of the ball. How do you reckon he's gone coaching wise so far?
2: Yeah, I, listen, um I think firstly he gets a, a huge kick for his performance last year. That was um, a very very good performance getting yeah. the team uh, to to a finals breath from I think that was two and six at one stage, do not they? So you know yeah. that's when you so so it's almost similar this year, isn't it? I mean I know and one Anzac Day last year to be two and four, but um, they could very well be two and six again this year. They should—I mean—they they they'd probably look at either Bulldogs or Hawthorns. They should win. I reckon they should win one of those games. They might even beat the Bulldogs this week. Don't—I would not Ooh, be surprised. Big call, big call. No, I—I I, I would not be surprised. I think, I think midfield—they showed in the second last, well, the last, the round twenty-one game last year. They can definitely match it with the midfield, firstly. And secondly, and, and the Bulldogs midfield is not is not uh, as... Um, humming, yeah. up and up. Not humming as nowhere near as it was last year. Mm. So there's that. Secondly, if they can break even, at least break even with the midfield group, uh, Peter, their, their, their back line is a mess. Like, Peter Wright could easily kick another back on Sunday. I could see that easily. Because without Alex Keith, they are really, really struggling down back for Bulldogs. Mm. So I, I would not be surprised um, if Essendon win this week. And um and yeah, it was it was a step in the right direction on Anzac Day. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. I know you uh, asked that Ben right? I think yeah, you are right in a sense. I think he could make a few more sort of in-game adjustments. Yeah. I think he might. That's probably the uh, that's probably fair criticism. He's probably not as um uh, I guess maybe maybe he could be a bit more agile. I guess on, on game day with yeah. um, reacting to the way games are going, but. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I will say I, I really do think um, the Anzac Day performance was a, a really big improvement. I mean, not that there was <laughs> not that that was um, a really high bar to, to go from, no. but it was a big, <laughs> a big improvement from the Fremantle game, and really, I mean. They really, I mean, all intents and purposes, they they should have won. I mean, it was it, twelve tenths of fifteen three? Oh I no, 16 3 93. They just didn't miss. No, <laughs> they it's did just, not miss.
0: Damn, that was annoying. No. And I, I think to for Chuck's, for the one sort of bit of credit I'll give Chuck on that is that they responded to him. Like they, yes, he, they he, did. He he, he hit him between the eyes, and he probably gave him a few home truths, and he said, "Right, anybody can be dropped," and then they were. Um, but the the players responded to him. Parish responded. Yeah. Stringer merit. Um, Draper just went nuts to show you what he's actually capable of. Um, and, yeah, I liked the fact that – and it's it's not doom and gloom and it's not game over the, for the Essendon Footy Club when a, a senior coach can go, all right, all right, fine. Now, now hear this, everybody. This is going to happen or I'm going to make changes. And they respond. If it takes a little bit of fear, it takes a little bit of a, a one copped between the eyes to do it. Then I'm happy that the players have responded to the head coach.
2: Yes, and that, listen, Essendon is one and five, shocking, shocking scoreline. But within that, if you drill a little bit deeper, they were very good against Brisbane, who I think could play off in the grand final this year. Yep. So just they, they just you know just didn't have enough class and polish to, to run out that game against a very good team. And they were very good against Melbourne. I mean, let's not forget Peter Wright was lining up what at the team minute mark of the last quarter to cut the margin to six points. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it, it was a very it's a rough run to start. And I thought they were they could so so Brisbane was a tick, Melbourne was a tick. I think well, obviously Adelaide was a tick that was a win. I think Collingwood maybe half a tick. You know, they're probably you know they should have probably beaten a team like Collingwood, um, but it wasn't you know a, a terrible performance. The only real two stinkers so far, like absolute stinkers, Geelong and Fremantle. Like there's no, there was nothing um, redeemable from those. <laughs> no. <episodes>. Other <laughs> no. than that, uh, yeah. Other than those two performances, I think there is there is quite a bit of positivity around the other four games, despite the fact that Essendon is one and five. And you, you heard it here first. You can you can bring me you can uh, bring it back up next week and the week after. I think they should win at least one of the next two games. Uh, I, I really do. Like okay, so you yeah, reckon the dogs? I, think, I like it. Well, I think you know. You just saw on the on Monday how important Merritt and Stringer are to that team. I mean, what a performance from Merritt four weeks after. I, said, I was going
1: to say that. That's insane. Just. Uh, uh, you know, and, and I think Essendon, uh, at their phase of development,
2: so, uh, you know, you go back to the Fremantle game, I just don't think at their phase of development, they, they uh, are good enough to cover the losses of Stringer, Merritt, Langford, Stewart, Snelling, Harrison-Jones. And there was one other one. There was a seventh guy. It splits my mind. Walla. Seventh guy. Walla, of course, uh. of course, Walla. I mean, that's, that's a lot of that's seven, seven best twenty-two plays. And I think even some of the very best things in the comp. <laughs> seven the best struggle. top twelve. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I mean, Harrison, Harrison, Jones only played twenty games. How
1: important? How he's, important
2: is he? He's, he's, he's structurally
1: he's, so he's, important to Peter Wright. He really is. Yeah.
2: In in sitting out the first six games, is actually showing how even more important he is to the team. Like, you know, for for a twenty gamer, um, they might put a bit of pressure on him, but he's such an important player. When he comes back, I think things will start um, going in in a better direction from an attacking point of view. Although Alec Waterman was fantastic and uh, String was very good, but yeah, Peter, he just needs a bit more help. Like he's showing what he can do. I mean, he kicked four goals on Stephen Ray against Melbourne. no means feet. Um, so he shows that you know he, we obviously know how good he can be, but He could. If he, he just needs that second tall. He just needs Harrison yeah, to yeah, the team, and when that does. happens, I, I think we'll see uh, an even more dominant Peter Wright. No, rather than the rather than the patchy one that we're sort of seeing at the moment.
1: Can I? Yeah, yeah. I know you're an SN fan as well. Um, can I ask? There's a lot of debate, and it's pretty negative at the moment, but. How do you read Dyson Heppel at the moment um, yeah. as an observer? Because obviously the guy who won the Anzac Day medal was his opponent for most of the day. Um, so as much as Dyson did actually really nice things offensively, there is an element of struggle um, with him and, and especially around pace. Uh, how are you, Where are you seeing Dyson Heppel at the moment?
2: Yeah, I think he's in trouble, boys. Uh, I really do. I thought he was very. I thought he was probably one of the few that could hold their head high against Fremantle. I really, I thought that was probably his best game of the year. I thought he was struggling in the first month, but geez, he, looked, cool. he he looked he looked he's thirty one years and then some on, on Monday. I mean, Gideon just tore him apart. That was uh, that was a pretty um, yeah, it was a pretty worrying performance. I mean, because you know Essendon fans love Heppel, like you know he's a hard and soul type player, captain and been a fantastic player, all Australian. I think you. I think one year he even finished top ten in the coaches' awards.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic player, fantastic servant. But geez, oh yeah, that really, that really sort of. I mean, it almost, it really does bring to sharp focus how quickly the game can potentially go go past you. That, that, that that's what I was thinking on Monday. I was thinking, wow, you know, this, this is the same Dyson Heppel that you know that was. Such a brilliant player for so long, and he just looked a shadow of himself can I- on Monday. And, and, and he's had obviously we know how, how many serious injuries he's had. That can obviously catch up with you, especially the you know the feet and the ankle. When you yeah, have so many yeah. serious injuries in that area, boy, uh, that, that, that would have to have some sort of um, negative impact on your you know your, your pace, as you guys mentioned, like your pace and and how fast you can look and yeah he, he was not looking like the Dyson level that we all know on Monday that's for sure
0: absolutely can I can I throw a slightly alternate um, point there that may give Dyson um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of credit the the whole back line at the moment looks unsure. Ridley, who's, in my opinion, a top five defender in the whole comp um when he's up and about, is he he's he's not being given the opportunity to do Ridley things. He's not taking marks in front of packs, he's not um, rebounding the ball. Laverde whilst he was injured and that's that's fine, but he has he looked like a world beater last year. Um Hindy last year was running off half back. he looked great. Heps along the back line had a bit of experience back there, and he was looking okay. My argument is the ball is coming so often and so fast and without with hardly any pressure into the back line the whole back line is scrambling at the moment so they haven't been able to gel and use the skills that each one of those backline players have because and and that's what I worry about um, Dyson is that there's there's no pressure coming through the middle so he's starting to be exposed a little bit because he is he has lost a step. So I, I just worry that the, the back line is not performing as well as we should because the midfield just allows people to stream through the middle and measure the amount of times I saw Collingwood, and it was probably Crisp that was doing it, um, run through the middle of the ground and then – and I saw Degowie do it as well – but then look up and have another four or five steps to measure a pass into the forward line – and we we did it against Geelong. The danger and that would look up and just go. Which way do you want to run, Tomahawk? Like pick left, pick right, and I'll put it down your throat. Uh, that's the, the only th- thing the credit that I'll maybe give Dyson at the moment because I agree he's he looks like he's lost a step. But geez, that backline is under constant pressure of turnovers and a ball that doesn't allow them to get set up and have the pl- the skills down there to be um, to be uh, displayed because they're scrambling constantly.
2: Yeah, no, it's a, a very fair point. I mean, Essen's the the worst ranked te- defense in the comp. I mean, you know, to your point, I think that, they're leaking, that. Over, they're, they're, they're leaking over they're leaking over hundred points a game. You can't, I mean, you can't make finals with that. You, yeah, you, know, you, you can't unless you've got uh, unless you, you go back to like, the Malcolm <laughs> Blight sort of ledger along teams the nose, It says, all right, you kick one three, we'll kick one thirty. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. not. having not. Essend's have a does Senior. Yeah. So <laughs> we don't have Gary Ablett Senior. in the in the goal square. That's yeah. right. um, no, uh, that's a fair observation. You know, um, yeah, the that, that, that cobbled together back backline that did such a, a good job last year—it's just it's falling apart in many ways this year, hasn't it? it's Probably the worst. Like um, throughout the last twenty or thirty years, the the one area of the ground, no matter how badly Espen was going, you could always rely on the backline. It was always, you know, you had. Obviously, Fletcher was just always there, so that was the start. And then ladies, Hurley and Hooker were back there, and even Paddy Ambrose, a very underrated one-on-one yep. um, defender. So for many, many years, you could always rely on the, the, the back six first and, and to at least hang your hat on. This is the first time in decades where you think, this is this defence is really ordinary. Like, it's been one, probably the worst back line Essence had since I've been going to Flee. I've been going to Flee for over 30 years. I, reckon, I really think it's that bad. Um, so, uh, I mean, Zach Red can't come quickly enough. Like, if he, if he wants to make his debut, I mean, surely, surely he's going to be making his debut in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, well, he had, oh, yeah. not debut. Sorry, not debut. Second game. Yeah, he, he made had, second he, game. He, yeah, had, yeah,
1: yeah. he had 18 disposals and seven marks across the back line and actually did really well in the VFL. So, he, he's, so there you go. He's getting, He'd have to be close. He's getting close. Um, yeah. And even, you know, he's a fair way off it, but even Cody Brands, Showing signs of a really good spoiler and puncher and defensive minded kind of key back, so they've got yeah. they got this young crew that maybe can you know in a couple of years start to show something. Yeah. Um, could I? How if you're if you're a truck right? Um, say you lose the next one or two games, um, and you kind of you're looking at the year in a, in a maybe a different light. Are you? are you looking at what's your side, a possible grand final side and starting to bring the guys in? Like say, you, say you go, look, you know, I may actually start playing Zachary, Tex Wanganine, these guys, this group and understanding it may result in further losses, but I'm going to start growing a group together that I, I think um, may, may have future success. And I might even change guys in positions. Like I made the argument on Twitter, you know, is it, We've got such a small midfield as far as height. Is it, is it worth putting an Archie Perkins in a few times to develop him? He's 188 centimetres and quite, quite strong hips. Is it, is, do you start looking at um, what your side may look like that has really good balance through the midfield and forwards and, uh, and it may mean some further losses with further inexperience but uh, it, it's sort of the, the lens is growing aside, I guess, t- for success. Yeah, not a bad
2: point. I think. Well, I think Essendon, it's they're in a position where they actually have quite a young team out there already. So I don't think, to your point, um, going down that road, they wouldn't really have to change that much. You know? <laughs> I mean, true. Devin, they are, Devin, they're incredibly yeah.
1: young and experienced in, in, yeah. its, uh, in its own right. Yeah.
2: So, like, I mean, Devin Smith's already out of the team. I think that's a good thing. I think Dylan yeah. Shield might struggle. To, if we go, if if Essendon goes down that road, then I think Dylan Shield would be in a lot of trouble. Um, you know, I really, I really like the look of Ben Hobbs already. Like, he looks really good, like, he's a, he has a crack, and he looks already tough. Like, he, I don't know if you guys saw, but in the late in the game, like in the middle of the game, he cops a huge whack to his head. I think it's made from Darcy Cameron. But he just got up and shook himself off and trudged to the next contest. So, you know, you like to see that from the second gamer. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, I think a lot of like, if Essendon, you know, see themselves as winning, you know, competing for finals in the next. Two or three years consistently, and even you know, possibly even challenging for a grand final, or, or even better. I think a lot of that team is out there already. Um, that so they just like you know you got they just got to keep playing Perkins, keep playing Nick Martin, keep playing Guelphy, keep playing Sammy Durham, keep playing these guys. I mean, you got to love those guys. They, they just, I mean, they, they'll just give you you know they're, they're just gonna get better and better and they just, I mean, especially the the attack on the ball that Durham and, um, or Durham, I'm not sure how exactly pronounce it, and and They, 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 I think they've been fantastic this year. Absolutely. Um, Keep playing those guys and when when, um, you know, when the likes of, um, you know, uh, hopefully, hopefully McDonald can come back Soonish, and then hopefully Jones can come back soon. You know, you just never know with Laneford, he'll probably come back, and you know, something else will happen. He's just such, had such a hard luck, <laughs> yeah. hard run. Um, yeah, just bring, I think just um, yeah, just keep. I, I, I think there's not much difference between uh, the strategies of playing to win and playing for your next, uh, you know, grand final thing. I think they're pretty similar at the moment. It's, yeah, as I said, they're, they're, they're quite young and. Experience already as it is, so I don't think there would have to be too much adjustment um, if Rudden did want to change
0: tack. Mate, quick question for you: What's Nick Cox's best position?
2: Oh, that's a sixty-four thousand dollars question, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't, I, mean, I
0: don't see him as a key position player. I, I don't. I look at him and I don't see any key position movement or anything like that. I want to see him running around and and. Doing stuff, but I, I don't know where to play him. Like Scotty made a really good point recently that there's a, well, I didn't I didn't sort of believe him when he first said it, but there is a skill to being a wingman. There's a there's mm. a proper talent to being a wingman. It's not just a bloke that runs up and down the sides of the ground, but there's an actual talent to being a wingman. And I I don't know that he's got that just at the moment, but I'll be very interested to hear, hear where you reckon you should play him.
2: Yeah, like he's, he's definitely struggling this year. I think he's, he's suffering from the famous second-year Blues. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think he's going to – in the long run, I think he's going to be a fantastic player and he'll be so, um, you know, versatile and flexible. Um, it it'll would be, it'll be great, you know, it would be great to see him be able to be like a, almost like a key forward at the moment with um, Harry Jones out. But um, I, I'm not sure if he's strong enough for that just yet. Yeah, I don't no, nah, I don't know. So I think, well, right now his best, one of his biggest assets is his running ability. I do. I think. I think just you know, I think they just have to persevere with him on a wing. You
1: know, yeah. you're not
2: going to see, and as we've already seen, it, you're not going to see, um, you know, consistent performances probably from him. I think you, you know you should. The best way to learn is to actually just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And I think he was actually quite. Wasn't too bad on Monday. Like, you know, it wasn't like uh, spectacular, but I thought that it was a step in the right direction for him against Collingwood. Um, yeah, I think right now, um, it could obviously change, but right now I think, I think we, they should just stick with him on the wings for now. It's, uh, you know, I, I I'll doubt that the Essen's going to make the finals anyway this year. I think, um, it's already quickly turning into a year of education and development. So just stick with him and, you know, hopefully he can sort of learn the ropes pretty, um, uh, well, by the end of
1: the
0: season, I guess. <laughs> we weird. both took you in a breath. Go for
1: it, Scotty. Uh, look, uh, <laughs> actually, uh, uh, you've, we've probably taken up way too much of your time, Ronnie. So, look, I just wanted to say uh, a massive thank you for joining us. Uh, always good comments as well. Um, we always get a, a really good uh, conversation going on Essendon. I'm just one of those ones. With the Essendon Football Club, I think if you're a diehard Essendon fan, you can talk to it for hours uh, with a range of emotions and uh, uh, tears and laughter, uh, so um, yes, it's uh, thank you so much, mate. I, I really appreciate you joining the uh, the podcast. Uh, always a friend of the podcast. So, uh, always, uh, if it's okay, we're always happy to reach out to you. Uh, and and if, it's, and if it's, I'll be very honest, if it's me. I seem to have a bad habit with Ronnie doing it on the night before, um, so uh, he's he's dropped, he's basically dropped everything uh, to come on. So I uh, really, really <laughs> I really, really appreciate it, mate.
2: <laughs> All good, mate. Pleasure to join you guys.
1: Beautiful. Thank you very much, Ronnie. We'll talk to you
0: soon.
2: No worries. Cheers, guys.
1: And you get to hear the wonderful sound of Ronnie hanging up the phone in stereo
0: (laughs) on the show. That's it. Ronnie had to go. We we say we, uh, we, oh, I didn't press the button twice. There it is. There's the first one, everybody. There's the first mistake. I thought it stopped. I thought it stopped. When it played, it stopped. It should have. It should have, but okay. See, I did have it right. Sorry, everybody. You can look forward to that for the next few shows. That sparkling, (laughs) sparkling, (laughs) sparkling producer that is Grant. If you want me to produce your podcast, go nuts. (laughs) Um, A massive thank you again to Ronnie Lerner. Um, Like like Scotty said, he came at the last minute because Scotty and I were talking, and he he had a few thoughts during the day that we just needed an additional point of view um from a bloke who's (laughs) probably
1: sick of people hearing our because our kind of yep we lost again (laughs) Now we have to talk i know Uh, it's it's hard
0: guys because we 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 try to temper the the whole yeah we play we put in four so when sam and sammy durham had that interview i went oh man we, we we're we're not excited we're happy about the fact that we put in four quarters worth of effort okay, that's where we're at. Apparently that's where we're down there.
1: Are we? Okay, fine. And it's like, it's not, nothing against Sammy. Cause it's actually, it's a genuine comment. He goes, I'm happy that we've, we're doing yeah. that, but you just don't want to settle on that. No. And, and, uh, and I don't think Sammy's, Sammy's the kind of type you actually, you don't even, you know, he's actually doing it. He's the, he's actually one of the ones that does go out. And and has they know.
0: should be interviewing Guelphy to do the the <laughs> yes. Tim Watson off the Late Show. How did you go today, mate? I had a blinder. I had a blinder. I put in four <laughs> quarters last place, week. That's yeah. it. I rule. I ruled a joint. I put in four quarters last week. Four quarters this week. I did incredibly well. Um, he'd be he'd be absolutely how are the rest of the boys? Ah, the boys were a bit average, but I was fine. Um, but yeah, we we uh, we really appreciate Ronnie coming on to give us that extra. Um, Extra point of view from a a bloke who knows football backwards, um, but be an Essendon supporter as well.
1: Now, one of the uh, one of the um, I guess things that um, I want to discuss was the actually the VFL game. So interesting game this one. So <laughs> we it was we were, it was a very very weak side. Uh, let's yes. let's be honest. Uh, that was named because you know uh, Francis was a, an out and. Text Manganine Text was out and, and managed. Yeah, it's um uh, Jonesy was out. So there was and Hindy was obviously the sub, so we just didn't have many much cattle. So um a big shout out to Tom Hood, man. Twenty-six, now, now 26 disposals. Yeah, now then two goals three. Uh that's actually gonna take some notice. Uh <laughs> You know, uh,
0: next week can the boy do it next week? Because yeah. I tell you what, we were watching it on the on the TV before we um before we watched the main game, and you, he did well. He looked all good, man. Like Scotty and I were lamenting the fact that I think there's a lot of Tanya um, in uh, in the boys because they're not exactly Hurt his height. Yes. Yeah, they're not exactly physical specimens of of kids, right? But to get that those stats in that game is none too shabby. So, one, one thing I do want to say, uh, just sort of temper this as best I possibly can, considering I'm talking about a person whose last name is Heard. Um, let's not get super excited that uh, he's going to be elevated next week and we're going to be playing against uh, the Dogs because he's got a hell of a long way to go. But with that performance, it looks good for the boy.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's just as long as he keeps putting in those games, then. Sure, his name will come up for will. I mean,
0: especially with his last name.
1: Uh look, um I guess Devin Smith had what twenty-eight and Hammy had twenty-seven. That's what you hope from that's
0: exactly right. That's... Go down
1: and get the ball. Yeah. I thought, like I said with uh, Ronnie, I thought Zach Reed was really, really impressive in this game. That was by far his best game uh of the year. So that's that's a really good sign. uh, uh the other guy I was gonna mention, um I just had a mind blank then, so uh,
0: Josh Ayer. it's Josh Ayer,
1: isn't <laughs> it? No, unfortunately, it's not Josh. It is Air. Josh Ayer.
0: <laughs> it just just goes without saying that he had a great game.
1: No, I uh, McDonough's an interesting one to me. Um, I mean, obviously, uh, when we brought him in, he was the idea that he was actually the idea was for him to play some senior games. That was yeah. just, It was an uh, coverage. He, I don't, I just, he's an interesting one. He's he's never really. Gone to that next level. Like when I watch him, he's kind of unassuming, play, playing. He gets these sixteen to twenty possessions of halfback, um, a nice left boot. Let's that's obviously a, a given. Um, but he just never, you know, I never have gone to VFL game and gone, oh, he's a big, he was a big impact today.
0: But like Durham, yeah. I, I if you when Durham played in the reserves, he looked like an AFL footballer playing in the reserves, and he he almost beat down the door to get down to the to the um seniors and he looked like he should be there. I agree, every time you see him play, he just he doesn't exactly set the world stand on out yeah, and yeah. set the world on fire, but I think he's probably just there for coverage myself.
1: Yeah. Um Brian didn't have his best outing, so um I'm not sure where he's going to be yet. Uh, I'm sure Truck has in the back of his mind he he wants to see the Brian Draper tandem mm. eventually. Yeah. Uh, it it will just be interesting what he's t- – I'd love to know his timetable in his head about how he sees that because Brian is still very, very young. I think he's actually still even either 19 or 20. So he's – as a Ruckman, that's very, very young. So, you know, there's no real panic stations. Yep. Um, but, you know, probably if, if you're Brian, you, you're wanting to start getting some senior experience sometime soon. Yeah. Um,
0: look uh, – Speaking of Ruckman – just a quick a quick oh, yeah. little segment on Sammy Draper.
1: Yeah, that was a Yeah, well that's the Sam Draper. I actually to be honest, do you know I I expected that Sam Draper to come out this year. So I, I expected it from round one. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that manic. I know I mean he was really, really full on. Um but the, he he does generate so much energy for the club and he's I, I hope he I hope he knows his value of when he's on. How important he is to the club
0: when he does stuff like what he did. He's like that extra midfielder when the ball's – and he can burst out of a pack and he can be a ruckman, man. He can throw Mm -hmm. 107 kilos around the joint and give people don't argues and stuff. That's the reason why he could be something a little bit special because he's got the ability that not a lot of ruckmen do.
1: Yeah, I mean, just three or four plays that he did was like, oh, wow, that's pretty special. Uh, so he, a bit of a tease. Uh, but you still sense it's going to come out someday. Um, and I think when that happens, we actually become a lot better club. Uh, he's he, he actually is a big, big um, say in, in our future. Uh, so Taking he, marks, man. Yeah. Taking
0: marks around the ground. Being intimidating. Getting those couple of clearances. Um, hip and shoulders. Hip like and shoulders, on, man. Yeah. Like being a ruckman. Yeah. It'll make you think, as a midfielder, man, it'll make you think about whether or not you want to chuck your head over the ball because Sammy's busting around the joint. Now, I would never compare him to that just hack um, from GWS. What was his name? Mummy, right? I would never compare him to that. Mumford just wanted to hurt you. He just wanted to throw elbows and stuff at your head. He was an utter hack of a footballer. But Sammy's using 107 kilos – like a dude that's one hundred and seven kilos, throwing it around and bumping people, grabbing the ball, giving don't argues, that's what I'm talking about. yeah, like if he had to put that performance in against um what's his name from Geelong in the first game that he'd like a part-time ruckman, he would have tore him apart. he would have been he would have been incredibly good in that game, but that that from Sam has to happen again next week. I don't care if you have to go and sit in the salt baths or in the ocean or wherever you want to be to, to make yourself feel better. Well, it.
1: he's probably going to play against a guy that's towed him up a bit few times, and Tim English. English, so. yeah. So. But he's English in good form at the moment. I keep reading that they might be trading him or something. Oh, I doubt that. Oh, really? I I, I, must say, I haven't read that, but I've seen it on a few Facebook posts. Didn't I you? thought he had a really good first three or four weeks. Um, but I, I haven't watched the dogs last, I'll be very honest, I haven't watched yeah. the last two or three games to know. So, but they, they keep losing at the moment. So, I know I will take it. Thank you. Uh, I thought, um, <laughs> we said this probably around, I think, around round two. Uh, McGrath just looks a better player <laughs> at half-back. Yeah,
0: he's, he looks so much better at halfback. <laughs>
1: he just looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, it just feels like a better footballer. Yeah, uh, I, and when I and one I trust a lot more. Yeah. Um, Than then the midfield, so there's no
0: crossing of the ball across your body with the, just a, a get out of jail kick, and he he's capable. He's, he can run around in the mid if you want him to, but when you put him down back, he he looks like a completely different footballer.
1: Yeah, and like you said, uh, Waterman, we mentioned him before, but just a shout out. That's good a performance. Really, really good performance. Because um, even when he was quiet last week, he still kicked two goals. So he's kicked four goals this week. So if you're kicking goals in a pretty poor forward line, it's precious. And I actually thought, you know, he didn't get the ball a ton. He got about 16. But, gee, some things Perkins does. I know. He's just yeah, yeah, going, yeah. gee, that's quality. Yeah. Um. He's he's a, at age, age 19, he's a certainly a player I look forward to watching yeah. for 10 years. When on. he's
0: 23. I would love to, I want to see this kid when he's 23, right? Because he's going to fill out. He's going to have more confidence in himself. And that's why when I say about with righty, right, instead of just kicking it down righty's throat every, every time, there's five other blokes in that forward line, one of which is Perkins. Isolate him. Just go, run, on, mate, isolate him. See what you can do with your opponent. If he gets beat, he gets beat. But I just, I think there's got to be, Perkins has got to make himself more available and don't hang around the the right pack. And I know the ball's going to go to him 90% of the time, but make yourself available in the forward 50 and kick it to somebody else two times yeah. in a row and make Hal think, well, are they going to kick it to right this time? I don't know. So do I stay on my man or do I go to right? So yeah, Perkins loved his game.
1: I looked. Really liked uh, Mason Redmond's game. Uh, he was at ninety-four percent efficiency, and look, probably seventy-five high energy. So seventy-five percent of his disposals were kicks. So it was genuine efficiency. Uh, but he was really high energy. I mean, some really good burst stuff. He's moving actually really well. Yep. He, he's got some good pace. Nick Martin is Nick Martin. Man, he's just uh, every every time he touches.
0: We've said it before. We'll say it again. Every time he touches the ball, a good decision ensues.
1: Yeah, it That's was, it. He did one handball on the wing. 35 metres? It felt like a 30-metre handball. Yep. And it felt like there was like two or three guys underneath the handball and it just rolled onto an Essendon player running past. It was just an incredible visionary handball. Uh, and he just... It's those plays, man. I go, you are, there's something actually quite special about you, which is so strange because you only got contracted two months ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is genuinely something quite special about you. And, and how old is he? Think.
0: He's 23 or something, isn't he? I think he's 20. 20? 20. Oh, 20. 20. Okay. So, and see, so that's uh, 20, is it, that, that blew my argument out of the water. But that's the kind of thing. That Nick's been around for a while. He's played in the WAFL and he's done that sort of stuff. That's what Perkins is going to. Like have the experience to do that little bit of extra experience, he'll be making better decisions. But Nick Martin, man, he's that's the steal of the century. Thank you, Adrian Dodoro.
1: Yeah, he's yeah. Actually, I think he might be twenty one. But yeah, it's just a, uh, well, just a magnificent. I mean, we've been begging for a wingman with class, yeah. And just to have one not go through, through the draft, yeah. like just Pinched. just just, just here, yeah, take him. Um, oh, just uh, much. He'll be in a grand final side if we ever make one. Yeah, I agree. Sure. He's
0: he's yeah he's in the top ten pick now. <laughs> he really like, is. Like yeah. a, it's
1: not even exaggeration. No, it's not. If I had if someone said what's your ten plays you must have, actually Nick Martin is in my top because he's in the top two, six or eight, classiest and best ball users in the whole club. That's just reality.
0: Who's capable of hitting the scoreboard?
1: Yeah, um, so. and
0: and that's. Yeah, that, that, those kind of guys don't come around very often, man. Like, you've, you've pinched one in Nick Martin, thank goodness.
1: Uh, I'm going to mention Dylan Scheel. I'm i wondering where Scheel, which I don't usually have, have kind of wondered before, but in his games, as the game goes on, he gets less impactful. Yeah. And I'm just wondering where his fitness.
0: But Darcy keeps getting the ball 44
1: times, man. Yeah, but he's just uh, – but it's not just that. Like, there's even a few plays towards the end of the third or fourth where it just was – like, if you ever had a stop vision play, you went, oh, gee, you didn't really run or didn't really do that well in yeah. that contest. And, like, I didn't feel that way again in the first half. I felt like he was really running yeah. well. I just wonder where his running capacity is at at the moment because it I feels like to me as the game goes on, it just – yeah, around about halfway. It seems to be like halfway through a third quarter. He seems to hit this wall, and I'd love to know where he's at body wise, or because I'm just not getting the sense at all that he's running as strong yeah. as he is in the first two quarters. Um, Could be. He, you know, previous week he was really good in the first two quarters, but he then um, he then he then um, just deteriorates and just not quite. Yeah, it's not sure where Shilly's at. Um, Great first
0: half, man. was he
1: ran really hard, but you are right. He sort of tailed off at the end there. Yeah, yeah. If you watch the last quarter, he's just not not, hardly to be seen. So, um, look, we mentioned Hobbsy, you know, and Baldwin. Like we said, there is nothing wrong with just that's just the learning of the game and kids. Man's uh, eighteen. He's the boy's eighteen. I wouldn't, you know, if Jones is not right, which I doubt he will be. I am going to say something. Let's just play Kane again. I, I. I have no problem with it, man. Yeah. I have no problem. He's a capable footballer. He, he missed. Yeah, he came back for one game, then he got dropped. Um, played well, kicked three goals, and I think, right, five goals. He's come back in. I don't want now, on the second time around, like, no, actually, Kane, like. That's right. Don't put, make him the scapegoat. Yeah. Put, now give him some experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the Bulldogs, being a pretty small back line, is probably a half decent time yeah. to. See how he goes, but that's the thing. Like,
0: look for him more. Don't don't keep looking for righty. Just try and isolate Kane Baldwin with and with a bloke and see what happens. And then I don't know, maybe give him some confidence. But yeah, you're right. He's he's uh, he's a fair way off. He's got a lot to learn, man. He's got a hell oh, of a yeah. lot to just learn. Developing. There's mm. nothing wrong with that boy physically whatsoever. Um, but he just has so much to learn. Like Hobbs, mm. he he did the odd good thing, but he played like an eighteen year old. So. Mate, it's it's just leave him in there. I'm I'm yep. totally
1: okay with that. All right. Well, look, I've realised we're gone for about an hour and fifteen. So have we? <laughs> yeah. so Rightio then? So, uh, yes, we'll we'll leave it there. But um, uh, look, as Grant said, uh, just <laughs> unfortunately, I, I had a Fiji chip trip and trip chip. Uh, Fiji trip in December in the off There's season
0: unfortunate about it the word unfortunate and then Fiji trip doesn't <laughs> happen
1: well i guess timing anyway as in like it wasn't going to affect the podcast I, I booked something that wasn't going to affect the podcast in december um, we all know what happened with the omicron and all that sort of stuff and, it, and and then then it got canceled and it got po- we had to have it postponed to late april so unfortunately as of Thursday this week, Thursday morning, I'm actually away for. Oh, fortunately, as because it's just a hundred percent more Grantos. <laughs> yes, is what it is. So for the next eight days, for Patreons and maybe the next main show, uh, it is a solo affair. Um, it, it's me, hooray! So there may be there may be an opportunity. We, we we've been discussing it. If depending on the timing and everything, if Grant calls me from Fiji and I do a a call in show, nah.
0: I'm not going to call you from Fiji. I'm perfectly capable. We can do this. We can do this. I'm all good. Um, I, I, I do inv- I do invite now the, uh, the posts on the Facebook page uh, when people realise it's just going to be me. So, uh, but no, I shall do my very best um, with the pod and uh, try not to rant too often. But yeah, it's going to be me for a period of time while this boy over here suns himself in Fiji.
1: Sorry, everyone. So yes, hilarious. I'm only, I'm only away for about eight days. So I'm gonna I'll change, be, I'll be the, back soon.
0: change the intro and everything. Uh, it's <laughs> yes. the Grantos show. The
1: Grantos
0: show. Yes, it's live with Grantos. Um, so yeah, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we again a massive thank you to Ronnie Lerner for coming on at such short notice. We uh, we do hope that you've uh, you've enjoyed his additional uh, view on it because I know you guys listen to us um, every week and we really do appreciate it. But we're we're mindful that it's the sort of the same stuff each week because. <laughs> We, we improved a little bit this week. That's all good things, but we are mindful of the fact that it. Uh, um, it's always nice to get another uh, person's view about it. So um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, joining us. Thank you, Scotty, and um, we will talk to you guys all next week. Catch
1: you later, guys.